0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Bellinger hits a high drive, deep right center. Back is Bader, it's got a chance, gone! Cody Bellinger with a long home run, and this ballgame is tied 4-4. to Well, right on cue.
1: And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. That was Mr. Do-It-All, Cody Bellinger right there with the long ball. He uh, had a few RBIs yesterday and got him in different ways, and that's the thing about Cody. Continues to produce for the Chicago Cubs, but will the Chicago Cubs pay him this offseason? That's the question I have for our next guest, along with a bunch of others. Let's talk Cubs baseball for the next couple minutes. Joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, he covers the Cubs for the Athletic, talking about none other than Sahadat Sharma, uh, Mister Sharma. How's it going this Monday? I'm doing well. How about you, Gabe? Not, not, not too bad. Got a uh, Rosie said to say what's up. He he was bummed he didn't get a chance to steal my 20 minutes with you or 15 minutes with you right now. So <laughs> he wanted to say hi. <laughs> I was like, no, dude, I got to talk Cubs baseball. You guys are going to talk about 20 different <laughs> other things. Uh, but but, but, but of, let's start with Cody Bellinger uh, before we get like take a deep dive into the Cubs. I mean, let's go back to the beginning of the season. You 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 signed this guy and there's there's hopes, not high hopes, but hopes nonetheless that he can be someone that can contribute uh, in the lineup and he's done that and so much more. What is going to like what do you think the Cubs approach is going to be to Cody Bellinger this off-season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to Try to take advantage of that, you know, however long they have before free agency actually opens up, right? Whenever their playoff run, if they make the playoffs and whenever that run ends and then uh, until free agency opens up, I think they're going to be talking to him and Scott Boris and, and trying to gauge what type of offer makes the most sense, what he's looking for. Uh, they've built up a really good relationship, right? He's comfortable there. He, spring trainings in Arizona, his homes in Arizona. Uh, he's very comfortable with the coaches. So there's a lot of things going the Cubs way right now. The only place he's familiar, other place he's familiar with is the Dodgers. That relationship just isn't going to be rekindled from everything I understand. So the Cubs have a slight advantage, but the bottom line is going to be contract, right? Money, contracts, <laughs> so those things always. Uh, you know as much as some people may try and uh, play it down that's that's the bottom line in a lot of these in 99.9 percent of these negotiations I I mean it it depends how crazy the market gets right I'm not sure if Steve Cohen's going to go hog wild again again I don't think the Padres will as well so maybe it's a little bit of a more normal market but it's also Scott Boris, like I said, so he, he finds a way he found a way for Chris Bryant. He found a way years ago, I believe for Prince Fielder, right? There seemed like there was no market for him. And then he somehow created one and he manages to do this repeatedly uh, year after year. When you think like, ah, the market's going to cool down. Ah, this guy's not going to get as crazy of a deal. Oh, look at his history. Look at that three year gap and lack of production. Well, people are going to be worried, scared off by that. Somehow he makes it happen. (laughs) Uh, You know? So, I am curious to see how crazy it gets. I think, I, I think there, there's probably a limit, but I also think it makes way too much sense for them to extend him. It's a, well, I shouldn't say extend because it's not going to get done before he hits free agency for them to re-sign him. Uh, it's just the perfect fit, right? He's exactly what they need. He's exactly what they're looking for. All everything that happened this year was the best case scenario. It blew their expectations away. I think, I went into it saying it's a win if he has like a, you know, one twenty OPS plus type thing, right? Like that's a really good player. And he's, he's done significantly better than that. And he's carrying this offense. And whenever, like sometimes there's team wide slumps, he's not slumping, right? He's slumped. His slump is like, it's like three bad games. And people are like, "Uh Oh, is Cody Bellinger going to go in a slump? And then he goes and hits two home runs or drives in four runs, whatever it is. he, He's been that guy this year. That it's been a little while since the Cubs' offense has had that guy, right? Maybe Bryant in his MVP season, just a guy that shows up. There's no slumping. There's no bad weeks on end, and and the Cubs need that. And you and every team needs that in their lineup.
1: It's the approach for me, of Where you know, you even saw it yesterday, where you know he just needed to base it, man, on first and third. Gets up to the plate. He's not swinging for the fences. Takes the slider outside. Pokes it out to left center, and you're saying to yourself, that's some good baseball right there. And then he hits the long ball. Then base is loaded. He comes up, and he says, eh, if I could just make good contact, put it in the outfield, i will give myself an RBI. Like, he's playing the game the right way, and I almost feel bad for Cubs fans because he's just playing so well that you're trying to envision this scenario where Cody Bellinger comes back because he has been playing so well, and it's just I, I'm fearful that the Cubs brass is, is too smart And they might say to themselves, hey, the the likelihood that he duplicates this, you know, three out of the next five years is low. So we just don't even want to take that chance. Yeah, you know,
2: I think they know that there are players that you kind of extend yourself for. Right. So they know that. I I mean, I know they understand there are superstars that at certain ages that you pay big time for. And maybe on the back end, it's not going to look the prettiest. But but you got, you were paying for the first three years, or whatever it is, right. Uh, that's, that's just the reality. The Epstein understood that. Jed Hoyer understands that. the willingness to kind of extend a oneself. That's what we haven't seen yet, right? We kind of saw it with Dansby Swanson, I guess, but that was still the lowest of the, of the shortstops, right? Like that wasn't in that market, that was kind of a deal. And it turns out that the, you know it's turning into a deal overall compared to those other. Uh, shortstop contract so yeah it, it's going to be curious to see how much this front office uh, you know really is willing to go all in with a player like that what what I want to know what I like you know what is hard to really grasp is how much do they believe in this right and talking to the coaches uh, it's, it's clear that they believe what Cody Bellinger is doing is real because that two strike approach that you're talking about when, when people want to obsess over the lack of exit velocity or hard contact. And, and you look at, you go and look at the baseball savant, you know, uh, pictures, uh, the images that show it's all blue because he's not hitting the ball as hard. That's a lot to do with He's that two strike approach has to do with that. That's why he's just trying to put the ball in play. He's just dumping the ball. Once he gets to two strikes, he very rarely swings and misses anymore. And I think, that like that is insanely important nowadays. A guy with a fifteen point something percent strikeout rate and twenty plus Homers, you don't find those guys. I wanna say it's like six guys in baseball right now that do that, that that strike out that little and hit that for that much power. It's it's so rare. It's such a rare commodity. You pay for that. Now now the key is do they believe Everything that's happening now can happen for the next four, five, six, seven years, whatever that deal is, right? Or at least part of that time. Uh, I think they believe that because he's healthy, because he's confident, because he's comfortable, he's the player that he was back in 17, 18, 19, right? He's that rookie of the year MVP guy again. Now, can he carry it forward? That's, that's what we want to see. Um, if you start talking about three hundred million dollar contracts, I think now you're you're going to start <laughs> scaring teams off. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about six one eighty, I say sign me up. I say do that. That seems easy to me. Uh, that's the type of guy you go for. Who else are you spending that money on? Are you waiting another year? Twenty twenty four. It's time, right? It's a, start going for it. They they are they started the slight push in this year next year after what we just saw this year after the buildup of the of the farm system that we've seen this year as well next year's the go for it year 24 25 26 that's those are the years where you should be the best you know you should be hanging with the Dodgers in Atlanta that's that's how I look at it
1: yeah, you're absolutely right I mean because what else are you going to do in that moment right uh, talking to Sahad Sharma Cubs B writer for the athletic here on 670 the score I'm Gabriel Ramirez. People talk about windows all the time, Sahatov, and it's like you're you're on the other side of it. You're not trying to build up towards something. You're there. So now it's a matter of trying to figure things out. And and I think for me personally, I think Ross has done a great job this year of continuously being given talent and 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 guys to try to figure out who the best and what 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 the best situation is for the Cubs. And 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 trying to figure out what that lineup looks like. What what's your take, Sahadev, on that? Because clearly Rossi's been catching a ton of flack for his lineups throughout the course of the season. But he seems as though he's he's kind of getting into the groove. There's some consistency there with that, like two through five, six batters. And then everything else he's kind of filling in. What What, what is your take been about uh, Rossi's job with the lineup over the course of the year, but more specifically in the present?
2: Yeah, well, I think he he has his lineup against lefties and he has his lineup against righties, right? For the most part, at the top, right? He's confident in in his guys, so to say, the veterans that he trusts that have proven it year after year. There was a lot of consternation about in the three hole. I think I think I was on with you before, and I talked to Spiegs about this, uh, just to, just how maybe maybe the three hole's a little overrated uh, nowadays, yeah, and,
1: yeah, yeah, and people yeah. don't
2: value that as much as they used to back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, and before that, of course, uh, so, and Hap's just a consistent at bat. He takes his walks. He'll get on base for Cody Bellinger. Uh, it's I think he's in, and obviously he's turned it around. I mean, look at his past two weeks. He's on fire. He's killing the ball. He's getting on base. He's doing everything you want him to do. Uh, maybe there's a frustration right now about Dansby Swanson continuing to hit high. Listen, he's, He wants, uh, I think the way Ross looks at this uh, is there are certain guys he knows he's going to need to win. He needs these guys in the right spot, both physically and mentally, in order for this team to win. So is he going to sit a cold um, Dansby Swanson for a day and put Nico short and shift things around, Madrigal a second, and shift everything around, right? And 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 try and get like Canario into the lineup or something like that. Uh, no, who's, who's most likely to help them win not only in September, but in October, who's, who's most important to this team as far as getting their bat, right? It's Dansby Swanson. It's Mike Talkman. I know Mike Tauchman wasn't a key piece entering the season, but he's been a key piece. He's more important to get hot than, than just hoping you catch lightning in a bottle with a rookie. Uh, they, he's going to stick with Christopher Morel. Morel came up and helped the team. Uh, he needs Nick Madrigal to start hitting. Like all those guys hit yesterday, right? Not morell didn't play yesterday, but you had Talkman get hot. You had Swanson uh, break out. You had Nick Madrigal get big hits. Like those are those guys are going to be really important in September and possibly October, right? He needs them, so he's going to stick with them and 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 get them right and and knows that that'll pay off. If it works, that's going to pay off. If he gets a hot week from Canario. Maybe he gets a couple wins, right? Is that going to last into October? I, I, I mean, that's a shrug for me. I don't know. I think it's important to – I understand wanting to get some of these guys some at-bats here and there, but you've got to get these guys hot. So I think he, he likes the consistency. He likes, he likes knowing what these guys can do on a day-to-day basis and trusting that they will eventually find their strokes if they're, in a, if they're slightly struggling. Uh, I think there are some things you could nitpick here and there. But ultimately, he's going to stick with his guys.
1: Yeah, seems like he has a good grasp on it. He talked about it a lot. Hey, I have open conversations with these guys. I try to see how they're feeling when they need a day off, things like that. So clearly, Rossi has a good grasp of what's going on in their clubhouse, and he and he he understands the the necessity of, like you mentioned, trying to get guys hot and finding the right spots to put them in, and what he thinks is is a good scenario for those guys uh, to do to do just that. All right, let's talk about pitching for a second. So how to, you know, obviously, everybody's concerned about Marcus Stroman, and you know you can feel as good as you want to about the Cubs heading into this playoff push, but you know, without Marcus Stroman, it it, it's, it leaves an uh, uh, an ill feeling in the back of your throat when you're trying to figure out how the Cubs can get there.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I was talking to someone. I think ultimately, you know, outside of uh, like Assad and, and Wicks kind of carrying this for a couple more months and, 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 and just, I mean, they've really impressed me, you know, two starts for Wicks and Assad just seems to be getting better every outing. So may, maybe I'm uh, wrong on my assessment there and they can carry it out through October and help carry this team on a surprise run. But I feel like Stroman being out, if he's out, it kind of puts a ceiling on the potential, right? You, anything can happen in postseason baseball, but you'd really like to have Strowman there because now you have this front of the rotation with, uh, you know, Justin Steele fighting for a Young, an all-star and Marcus Stroman. Uh, you, you have these two guys that you can start a series with and you're like, okay, we, we got, you know, anyone, they can equal almost anyone, right? In baseball. You feel really good about that. Well, our pitching isn't going to be an issue today. Our starting pitching won't be an issue today. I like, so I think it just, Pulls back the ceiling just, it pulls down the ceiling just a little bit uh, in, in that sense. But I also, I mean, like I said, these guys have stepped up. I, I'm, I said, look at their starting rotation over the past two weeks. That, it hasn't been a weakness. It was for a little while, and the offense was carrying them, but the starting pitching has been great. Jamison Tyon needs to figure some things out, find that July, early August magic, get back to who he was, stop missing over the heart of the plate but the rest of these
1: guys have impressed. I mean, it's It's so I'm, true. Missing I, over the missing over the heart of the plate. Not even to the yeah. left or the right, like literally the heart of the plate. Every single yeah. bomb is right there. <laughs> and you
2: know, and you know this happens where uh, I can't tell you how many times I uh, like have seen like a pitch right over the heart of the plate and guys miss it, right? It seems like they just don't miss it with Hayat. Yeah. Uh, like every single time he misses over there. I mean, go look at I was looking at the guy that started for uh, the Reds yesterday, Spires. the Double A guy, Spires. Yeah, he he was right over, like even worse Like I can't even tell you how many times he was right over the heart of the plate, <laughs> and they were fouling it off, or they just weren't. It, you know, it was being hit hard at people, and and that happened. I'm not I'm not making excuses for Tyon. He's oh. got to be better. He knows that. I'm just saying, it's amazing how every single time he misses over the heart of the plate, it seems it's damage. He's having that type of season where he's not pitching that well he's uh, and then everything else is going wrong he can't catch a single break so he probably should have like a four and a half era which you know isn't good enough but also he's pushing six era and you're like what the hell is going on here or i'm sorry he's put. uh, i can't remember what his era is but it's like five and a half right it's not it's not acceptable uh and and he knows that the cubs know that but i also think like if that's your worst guy, a veteran that you know uh, that knows how to self-correct over the course of a game and can give you still even in a bad outing, he gave them five and two thirds. Uh, you know, as long as he's not that guy that he was uh, pre-July, where it was like three innings and eight runs, <laughs> I think yeah. you can survive <laughs> with it and and hope that he gets back to who he he can be and who they trust he is. Uh, the rest of the rotation, I'm impressed by right now. I I, I keep waiting. I'm, I don't know why, but I just keep waiting for like uh, this, waiting for Assad to have like this disaster outing or for uh, Steele to somehow not be the guy that he is now. I it's just in the back of my mind, but they keep they keep delivering. So I just need to start believing.
1: Yeah, and then they've been doing it on offense too, uh, Sahad. If it's like exactly what you're saying, you're like, oh, they're gonna run into some slump, but here they go again, putting up six, seven runs. You know, finding a way to get back in games. Tyone's ERA five point seven three, so you're right on the nose there, hovering right around six. And you know, I I want to see Wicks go up against a good team. You know, not Cincinnati. You know, I mean, not the The Cincinnati's not good, but you know, if like if they are going to carry you into a playoff scenario, you want You want that guy to be battle tested in in that thing. All right. So before you, you get out of here, I know you're you're a beer and a bourbon guy. So if we were walking into a bar, Sahada, and I was getting you the first round, what would the bourbon and what would the beer be?
2: Oh man, uh, the beer right now. I mean, it's a hot day. It, it would be like it would be a lager of some sort, but not like a Miller Light lager. It would okay. be like, okay, go find me the what's the what what town are we in? Let, let's mm. find the local craft beer lager and St- start and then, easy.
1: Uh, start easy. Get the lager. Have a taste. Have a taste like actual beer, and then
2: yeah, and then we'd go bourbon. I mean, it would be like Buffalo Trace, but sometimes they overprice the Buffalo Trace. True. So I'm, I'm happy with it, with with just like. You know some old Forester or something like that like i i'm i mean so you're like, you, you, walk and
1: and you're like your well? you walk in and you're yeah. like, "What's your well?" you walk in and say, "What's your well, <laughs> well okay no, and then I, you go i, up from I there. don't want
2: like i'm not gonna I, i'm not like a jack Daniels guy or like i I'm, i I want like the next step like Woodford reserve right, like something yeah. like that like something that's you can find at the store any day of the week but also isn't isn't the bottom of the barrel right. uh type <laughs> not that that's bad if that's no a no drink, no that's a no drink. I'm just saying, I, I, because I, I drink my bourbon neat. Yeah, so no,
1: no. It's no. no so. a no judge zone. It's a no judge zone. I am most certainly when it comes. I, I like, I like vodka water with a, with a with a lemon, and so for me, I'm always what's your well, and because more often okay. than not, it's like I, I prefer kettle, but you know, it's it's Tito's in the well, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. If that's your well drink, but I'm a, I'm a beer and a buddy guy also. So when I am shooting and I am drinking beer, I do like my beers to taste like beer. So I always like my pilsners and my loggers lager, when I walk in the door. And then I, I do like my, my Buffalo traces, I like my, 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 my telemore dues, you know, my Irish whiskeys that are a little sweeter. That's okay. that's my, my zone right there. But clearly you and I need to go have a couple and watch a game. well not a game bears bulls, uh, excuse me, not a Cubs game, but maybe a bulls or a bears game. We could watch one of those. Yeah, for sure. No,
2: no, I, I definitely enjoy doing, doing both those things.
1: So, <laughs> All right. uh, so hi, we'll enjoy, enjoy your, your, hopefully, oh no, you're not going to be day off. You got some work to do in a couple of hours. Uh, well, it, Mooney's
2: out there, so I, I do. I just drove back from Cincinnati, so uh, I'm I'm uh, enjoying a day with the, the, the kids. I'll I'll still be watching, but, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: but you, yeah. You and I will both be on daddy duty later today. Uh, Sahad, <laughs> appreciate you coming on, man. Always a pleasure talking with you. Can't wait to do it again soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. Sahadav Sharma from The Athletic joining us right here on 670. The score, it is Gabe Ramirez on Labor Day talking to you guys, letting you know, as I mentioned to Sahadav, thought he was working today. Uh, The Cubs are back home at Wrigley Field. And they're going to start a big series against the Giants starting today. Pre-game begins at 1245. I will be leading you right into that first pitch. 1.20 p.m. right here on The Score and the Xfinity Cubs Radio Network. The trifecta is next. What are the top three stories that have been occupying space in my brain? I'll let you know after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez
0: What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollar per order, additional term supply.
1: We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 the score. Three.
0: That's a magic number. Morel going to third, he will slide, he's got it's a triple. Fire! It's over! The it's bulls, bulls
1: win! That's the buzzer! That's a magic number. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Happy Monday. Hopefully you guys are doing well. I am filling in for Bernstein Holmes and Rahimi. Going to be here until 1245, leading you into Cubs baseball. First pitch, 120 p.m. on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Pre-game begins at 1245 with Zach Zabin. Make sure you guys are here for that. All right, Trifecta. The way it works is simple. These are the top three stories that have been living in my brain since yesterday while I was at my family barbecue.
0: Three.
1: Number three story is the Cubs yesterday. I mean, let's be honest. Putting up a ton of runs always feels good when you're, you know, when it's your team and you're the one that's doing it. And that's exactly what the Cubs did yesterday, defeating the Cincinnati Reds 15 to 7. Now, a lot of people were up in arms about Jamison Taillon and what his pitching performances looked like over the last couple of outings. Talked to Sahad Sharma Char- Charm- about that as well. Five and two-thirds, gave up five earned runs. I mean, he gives up runs in the, early in the games. First and second innings, just put it on the board. There's going to be a crooked number there somewhere, but he always seems to settle in. Seven strikeouts, so you know the stuff is working, but he gave up three home runs, back-to-back dingers in the first. That was uh, tough to watch from Fredo and Steer. Um, but ultimately, the Cubs' offense just comes through, and it's what they've been doing. One has always been picking up the other. Whether it's Mike Talkman going four for six yesterday with three RBIs, Ian Happ going three for four with four RBIs, Cody Bellinger finding ways to get things done. Everyone in the lineup um, had a had a hit yesterday uh, that started except for Miguel Amaya, who was pinch hit for uh, in the middle of the game. But overall, Cubs looking good. Beat the Cincinnati Reds. They gotta be feeling good about themselves heading into this series against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, again, just got to put themselves in a position within striking distance. Know that the last three games of the season are against the Milwaukee Brewers. Cubs are three and a half games back right now. Got to get that to a game by the time that series starts, the very worst, so that, that way you can take two out of three, catch yourselves in the tie. Oh, I think Milwaukee is uh, winning the season series, but don't put yourself in that predicament. I think it's
2: tied going into that. Oh, it is tied into uh, series. So if they okay. win two of three, they get the, tie they get the tiebreaker.
1: Look at that. Uh, so we are trying to help that for you. But again, Cubs defeat the Reds today 15 to 7, putting up 7 in the 8th inning of some really good hitting. We'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but again, the next game, 1:20 p.m. at Wrigley Field that can be heard right here on 670 the score. Number 2. Number 2 story and this is an interesting one. I'm going USA versus Lithuania. USA obviously losing yesterday to Lithuania. Jonas Valanciunas, if you're trying to think of, like, what NBA players are on Lithuania's team, it's him. He's a big man. They can kind of mess things up. But they had some, like, mid-level, like, small forward guys that were really giving the USA fits. But here's the final call of the game.
2: No, Montez. he doesn't get it. Bakero comes up for the steal. The three-point shot for Bridges. From the corner is no good. And now Dempsey has it. The wide-open floor. He's going to go in for the dunk. And Lithuania have dodged the bullet. They have done it. They have beaten the USA to clinch first place in Group G. 110, Bridget, 110 to 104.
1: That's what I just said. 110 to 104, Lithuania wins. And, I mean, you can point to two quarters to, I mean, it's, it's group play. You got to get a loss sometimes, like when you have a dominant season, just so you could taste it and know how not to operate again. But USA only scored 12 points in the first quarter. Like, 12 points. You got the best, some of the best players in the world. You put up 12. Lithuania put up 31 uh, as a result of that. Second quarter, USA wins. But then in the second half, you say to yourself, okay, that's when things are supposed to change. Third quarter, USA puts the clamps on them, has the defense working. Lithuania only has 17 in the third quarter. But the fourth quarter, where USA needs to come back, score a lot of points, you, you would assume that they continue to put the clamps on them. Both teams put up 39 points in the fourth quarter. Lithuania as well. How are you shutting down the team in the fourth quarter in crunch time and allowing them to put up 39 points? A lot of that happening on the free throw line. But, again, that was group play. I don't think many people are worried about the U- Team USA and how they'll fare in the FIBA World Cup. But, but it was on my mind. Most Number certainly. one. So tell us about that play and how it developed. <laughs> so pretty much I'm out here with my son. This is our first ever game. We just moved here to Houston literally in January. And I just wanted to make the moment special for him. As a father, I feel like it's my job to make sure that I give him the best moments. I apologize to the Astro organization. I didn't know it from, y'all gotta understand, when he's dropping down, it looked like it's coming directly to you. So I reached, and my body went for what I know. But we did have a wonderful moment. Okay, so you reach out, and what was the reaction that you heard right after the play was over? The reaction was shock, disgust, happiness, (laughs) Sweat, a little bit of lust, baby. You feel me? I was in there feeling kind of kinda hurt from my fingers still shaking a little bit. The ball way heavier with the gravity. I'm not gonna lie to you. Charlie, we're gonna be on TV, baby! So tell me, how it looked like that you went away for a bit and
2: then you came back. How'd you talk your way back? So truthfully, Houston loves me
1: and I love Houston, and they cannot stop me from supporting the asteroids. So what happened? That's my favorite part of the whole thing. They cannot stop me from supporting the Asteroids. That's great. Ah, uh, That's number three. Uh, if you didn't catch it yesterday, um, a Yankees fan, or excuse me, an Astros fan, was right, it was very similar place to where Bartman was at when he interfered with that catch uh, from Moises Alou against the Marlins. He reaches out, and Everson Pereira was sitting there ready to catch the ball. It gets hit. And then this fan was there. Now, obviously, in the moment, Astros fans think, oh, you stopped it out from happening. But then they called fan interference and then just did that. But the interviews have been going viral. Uh, I am sure the Astros are going to do anything in their power to go ahead and get that guy taken care of for the next couple of games since that was his first one with his son. But it's good stuff nonetheless. I thought that was really cool. It's a great moment. I'm glad that he talked about his son because that's what you're there for. You're trying to make a nice little nice memories for your son. And I'm sure that the Astros are going to make sure that uh, they walk away with some really cool things right there. All right, that is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. Magic right here on 670 to score. Again, Gabe Ramirez riding solo today, filling in for Bernstein and Holmes. going to be hanging out with you guys till 1245 when the pregame begins. Zach Zabeman got you. First pitch, 120. Cubs taking on the Giants at Wrigley Field right here on the score on the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Um, but that's today. And then on Sunday, things go up even more. Bears coverage. So before the Bears take on Green Bay, right, in the season open, opener on Sunday, from 9 to noon, um, the PNC Bank pregame show presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins, it's going to be Mully for Mully and Hall. It's going to be Olin Krutz, former Chicago Bear, and former Chicago Bear Patrick Manley. So the three of them um, are going to be there, or Patrick Manley, sorry, uh, we're gonna be gonna get you set for the week one showdown. Then immediately following the game, uh, we here on six seventy the score are gonna have the great clips post game show presented by Tullamore do Tully, and it's gonna be with Mully Olin and Patrick Manley as well. They're gonna have instant reaction to the season opener. Long day for the guys, nine to noon. Then post game game don't start at three twenty five. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough of uh, but all of it can be heard on six seventy the score and the free Odyssey app. But coming up next, we get a chance to talk some White Sox baseball with Steve Stone. And I want to be very clear, if Stone is listening or if anyone else is listening, I am going to try to be as positive as possible at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. It is not going to be a poo-poo fest. We are not doing that. We are going to try to take a positive approach, try to find light at the end of the tunnel, and what that path to get to that light. What does that look like? And I'm hoping Steve Stone can tell us just that. He joins us. Next, it's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better